0: This morning I would like to speak for about 20 minutes and the thread is in the form of meditation uh, instructions for the day. There are various themes in the field of insight meditation which become hopefully reasonably apparent to one as one engages in the process of looking at and facing one's existence one of those themes is the significance of actually living in the present and living in the present in order to be aware of it to see it more clearly sometimes we have rather confused this as with so many other things in life and have and perhaps deservedly got the reputation of being the kind of me now generation in which the way of relating to life in the here and now carries with it the tone of what's in it for me and all the consequences of this way of living. So here, we're not concerned with the what's in it for me, but rather what is. What's actually revealing itself in the silence of things, in uh, meditative observation right here, right now. And what we notice ourselves that in our disassociation, in our detachment from uh, the immediacy of life, we easily fall into and back on a whole range of mind states which not only affect and disturb our perception of the present but also uh, and equally affect the way that we look at the past and at the future. So insight meditation has as a thread a key is being grounded to observe what actually is taking place and when the me, the I, the my arises with the present to be very clear in what form that is taking what, what mind state is showing itself, what are the demands or the expectations or the forms of reactivity that are occurring as expressed at times with the I, the me, the my we give care and attention to posture for the simple reason really that our life is one which at the physical level constitutes sitting walking, standing and reclining or some kind of movement between one of those postures. We are constantly engaged in some physical posture of existence. And being in harmony, being in touch as a theme of life, includes harmony with the body, awareness of bodily life. And the, the Buddha very wisely, in speaking of this, has said to see body in body He uses this term, hen kai ne kai see body in body Sometimes we see that we're very much Uh, involved and identified with and caught up with what we might refer to as the outer body The outer body is the body of appearances concerned about uh, whatever it might be the skin, the size, the shape of the body the color of the hair, if there's any left, and the various other outer attributes of physical life. We can spend an immense amount of uh, time with all the judgments that go with it at uh, looking at the mirror. We can spend a lot of preoccupation with the outer body. And see the body in the body is to be directly in tune and in harmony with the life of the body, the vibrations of the body, the sensations of the body, that experience of bodily life when we are still and our eyes are closed. And, of course, there is a usefulness and a function, a purpose, with the outer appearance of the body has its place. But like so many things, its place has got so exaggerated and so intensified, it's used for a great deal of uh, judgments, positive and negative, about oneself and others, based on the outer body, based on the appearance of. So we want to go deeper than that. And the breathing is a valuable resource to just experiencing... The in breath and the out breath, and that's ex- revealed to us by the sensations of body. We sit, air comes in, stimulates cellular life in the nose, in the throat, in the lungs, and we feel, as we feel the air entering and touching upon the cellular existence, we feel the air being exhaled as well. And just to be in tune with that, to get a, a sense of bodily life directly. And that cuts through, in that very moment of being with the breath, a lot of this externalised appearance, externalised bodily life. In coming into a situation such as a retreat world and the willingness to spend some time looking at one's existence, also means that there is some adjustment which is taking place between where you were before you arrived here and being here. And a new environment in life often presents challenges to human beings and that may disturb one's ability to sleep if one's sharing a room with a stranger, different kind of uh, uh, diet and different forms of sitting. And sometimes there is quite some degree in coming into a fresh environment uh, of um, movement inside of oneself, both emotional, psychological movement, and physical as well. And when we are entering into something new, sought for or unsought for in life, we are faced with how does our organism actually deal with the fresh, with the new, with the unfamiliar. Two common forms of experience is uh, restlessness. We find it strange, we find it peculiar, we don't quite know what we're doing, what we're doing here. Even if one's been here many times before, the same thought can obviously arise and sometimes we experience quite some waves of tiredness, we can be beset with tiredness through change, through transition, through leaving behind the familiar to something new but also waves of tiredness can occur simply because the way we are are living is as uh, relentless upon ourselves as it is upon the environment in which we live. And sometimes we do forget that we, human beings, human nature, is as much belonging to the environment as the earth, air, uh, water, trees, flower and nature. We are as much an environment as anything else in this world of sentient and insentient life. So sometimes we, as it were, can abuse ourselves in our lifestyle as much as abuse the environment which is around us. Sometimes, not always, sometimes, the way that that shows itself, that we arrive here, and because we're not on a perpetual whirlwind, we can hardly say this is a whirlwind of a place, that one suddenly finds in stopping and being still that one is totally exhausted and one spends more of the time in a situation like this recovering from the effects of the previous weeks, months or whatever. So sometimes that may continue during the first day, first for those who are longer, days or so But if something like that exhaustion, tiredness, burnout does keep continuing, one day, two days, three days, four days, it's usually an indicator that one has got some hard questions to ask about one's lifestyle. Whether it's in the name of doing something good or whether it's in the name of unabashed self-interest, both can lead to a lot of pressure and stress. So again, coming into a situation like this does provide us, each one of us, with the opportunity to see how our being is when we are here. Are we experiencing a lot of restlessness and agitation? Is it hard for us to settle into human being and for once in our life perhaps give up the concept of Human striving, and human human running after, human getting, human doing, and occasionally we recognize, ah, human being. Oh, I completely forgot for the last twenty years. So here we're here to find the human being. Not many of them left, unfortunately. And in that, to see how it is. With restlessness, there's a close companion, and the close companion of of several, one of them is doubt. We can be pursued with doubt in life, particularly when we're restless. We can be restless in work, in a relationship, in a situation, and quite often doubt then comes to haunt the restlessness. The more we're identified with restlessness, quite often the more the doubt comes in. Doubt can be, what am I doing here? It's a popular one. Doubt, uh, I can't do this, I'm not ready for this, I should be doing something else, I don't like the place, I don't like the exit sign above the door. Whatever it might be, all can be expressing some, maybe I do like the exit sign above the door, all can be expressing some doubt about the situation. Is it closely... Connected and affiliated with one is in a state of restlessness, and one is actually having difficulty dealing with it. With tiredness, which comes sometimes quite intensely, sometimes we are not only exhausting life and its resources, but we are also exhausting our life and our own resources. And what can accompany that? Is carelessness. In the old text, the Buddha speaks a lot of this, the word is pamada, pamada. And this pamada, this carelessness, heedlessness, is that when we're feeling tired, we are vulnerable. We're vulnerable to making mistakes, we're vulnerable to inflicting harm on ourselves and others, we are susceptible to even the slightest remark or comment or inference from other people. The fact is we're very tired and exhausted and it can just take a small thing to really get us uptight, to really get us agitated and careless. So again, when human beings are experiencing particular mind states, they don't exist just by themselves, they can run rather closely to other ones as well. All this is part of the work of what is called in dharma language, atma vidya, self-knowledge. Knowing oneself. And knowing oneself, knowing the movement of self, is uh, endless activity. Anybody who says, I know myself, Is really OTT over the top because ongoing self knowledge is a day to day experience, and there is no point in life when a person can say, I know myself. Life is inner life is full of diversity and mystery, and let us keep in touch with knowing of thyself, knowing of one's self, putting self in inverted commas here. With the sitting time, with the breathing meditation, mindfulness of the breathing experience, another theme which runs with meditation, inside meditation, is the awareness of change, to be very, very clear about change. Quite often, and rather understandably, with t- change in life, we want change to be on our terms. Meaning, what we don't like, we want to go away, and what we do like, we want to stay. This is the most ordinary mind, most conventional of all human mind. What I don't like, I want to go. What I do like, I want to stay. Hardly an original insight. So, awareness of change is, change is taking place whether I like it or not, whether I approve of its presence or not. Learning to find freedom and inner space in life is the capacity to accommodate change, whether I want it to stay or want it to go. Learning to live with the truth of this conventional life, conventional experience. Breath is rather neutral, nothing special about the breath until of course we have our head in a bucket of water becomes particularly special but most of the time we don't and breath is rather neutral therefore so it can be a useful reminder to us just to allow the breath to come and go and to be aware of change breath comes and breath goes Life comes and life goes. Experiences come and experiences go. Thoughts come, thoughts go. And to be as clear as clear, each breath really is communicating to us if we are to wake up and to be aware of this, of impermanence, of change, of an unfolding, uh, becoming form of existence. And... The inhalation and the exhalation reminds us of that. So it's, breath serves as a contribution towards the reduction of stress, pressure, tension and anxiety and it also serves to remind us of the presence of change in life and let's learn to live with the truth of it. During the course of the sitting time it might be such that That pain arises in the body. The pain may come in any location in the body it might be the same location or it might alter quite significantly from one place to another. With With the pain that comes if and as much as possible we use the resource of the breathing to see if we can breathe our way through the pain. Learning to live with pain, learning to be comfortable with it, is a challenge to us. And, of course, recognizing and acknowledging that if you have some history of problems, injury, surgery, and uh, uh, sickness or whatever, where it seems unwise to be uh, sitting in the same posture, feels like too much pressure on a particular location then do, of course, feel free to make some change with the posture that change might be sitting in a chair or stool or cross-legged or just moving the body uh, as often as is necessary during the sitting so we're not clinging and being possessive to an ideology of sitting absolutely uh, still giving care and sensitivity to the stillness, but being wise with regard to our particular condition, wise in the face of our circumstances. So particularly for those who have any history of uh, bodily uh, complaints, shall we say, do please be respectful to them in the time that you are here as well as elsewhere. If with the tiredness then eyes can be open sometimes a person stretches their arms above the head to release a bit more energy from the cells sometimes breathes in longer and deeper to stimulate cellular life feel a little bit more alert and conscious if you're feeling some restlessness general agitation and self-doubts that can emerge or doubts around you can emerge then to breathe in and to particularly give lots of relaxed attention to the outgoing breath. Real we'll care with the exhalation. Quite often it is on the outgoing breath that the mind wanders and drifts away most easily. We can, as it were, remember to and connect with breathing in and then the mind wanders on the outgoing breath and Next minute, or half hour later, one hears, May all beings live with clarity. So, care with the exhalation, with each uh, outgoing breath. Also, with regard to the, the sitting, when engaged in mindfulness, of breathing in mindfully and breathing out, to just be experiencing the breath. And sometimes we start to make a virtue of being able to hear the breath go in and hear the breath go out. But the probability is that someone who is sitting near to you, or even far, can also hear your breath coming in and going out, and they may not find it quite so ecstatic. So, again, we just want to be experiencing in-breathing, experiencing uh, out-breathing. Sometimes people arrive, of course, not unusual, with some cold or flu and some congestion. And then the mischievous thought arises, oh, um, I can't do this, I can't breathe. And so far we haven't carried anybody out from the meditation room in 16 years of teaching breath meditation. So one assumes that the breathing has been going on for the person while they've been in here. And with that, it might be that the form of the breath is not as one would like. So sometimes, remember, we want to notice what the views and opinions are about our experience. Sometimes we are out of touch when we say, I can't breathe. So with the mindfulness of breathing, if for example there is a cold or sometimes tension and pressure, The breath might be rough, erratic, irregular, short, superficial, shallow, or whatever. Never mind. We're not here to have the breath according to the will of self. We're here to bring awareness to the breath the way that it is. So it really doesn't matter. One iota if your breath Long, short, rough, smooth, deep, shallow, regular, irregular. With cold or without cold, never mind. Just as it's experienced, as it actually is. When the mind wanders and drifts away, which it does 99.2% of the time, again, just to notice that, to be aware of that, and then to renew the connection with the breathing If one experiences two consecutive breaths, regard it as a miracle. And we want to be as clear with the here and now and when the attention wanders. See that, notice that, and then renew the relationship with life, with breathing life, with bodily life. So this is the general thread of the sitting, for calmness, for clarity to be aware of change <coughs> and to respond <coughs> as well <coughs> and as upon <coughs> me as clearly as possible to what the fact is of the moment just as it actually is during <coughs> this period of time as well it also there can be not only the silence which takes place with meditation but also some uh, sharing and that sharing can be in any form that you might like it to be. Silence, of course, is one form of sharing already, and a person may wish to speak about her or his experience, or a particular incident which has happened, or something which you have uh, um, read uh, recently, something where there's some opportunity to share experience or a concern or a thought or a perception about anything connected with life around you of yourself or others or environment or whatever. And after a person has shared, then there's uh, two or three minutes. I give a slight ring on the gong here and then another person may wish to uh, share as well. So this next 45 minutes through until 10 o'clock includes silence, meditative awareness. And if there's anything you'd like to share for a few seconds, minute, two or three minutes with the whole group, do please feel free to do so. And that starts from this time. I'd just like to (coughs) speak a few minutes with regard to meditation instructions. Uh, Yesterday the instructions in the sitting posture emphasized the contact with the breath and in that we were establishing a a bare attention to the bare object, And in that duality of consciousness with its content of of the bare attention to that which is attended to the bare duality is being established. And in that, that brings the focus and attention of the mind to a particular and acknowledging and recognizing that that particular comes and goes with that he said that the form of experience of the breath may change quite considerably from one breath to the next and at times the breath may be uh, comfortable uh, and settled and relaxed at other times the breath may be irregular, shallow or deep and all forming the breath experience not viewing it that the breath ought to be or should be in a particular way, but just in touch with the way that it is, and responding with awareness, with attention to that. And we see that this not only is useful and valuable with regard to the breath as an object, but also many other Aspects of life which enter into our field of attention, into consciousness. Also, many situations are not as one would like, not as we would prefer, and learning to respond well and clearly and effectively to that. And it was said as well that the times when we are not with the breath, and the attention has lost contact with the breathing experience matter as much as being with the breath. So awareness and self-knowledge includes the recognition of the state of mind, the form of experience, physical, emotional, mental, conceptual, or whatever, and being as directly clear as possible. What's happening when we're with the breath? What's happening when we're not with the breath? And thus learning to be in touch with and to accommodate that which we choose to be with, in this case the breath, and that which we uh, have not obviously chosen to be with, but it's arisen or occurring in the uh, nature of things. And this also can help to reveal to us the relativity of choice. One of the rather sad fixations of view that we sometimes get that we can be what we want to be, do what we want to do, we always have the choice, I think is a, a form of uh, unsatisfactory rhetoric that occurs. And this certainly can show itself when we are sitting and being with the breath, and those times when we lose that attention to the breath, and what is going on for us at that time, is arising in the nature of things, in the nature of the conditions for its arising, and places too much responsibility on the chooser, on the so-called one who has the choice. This morning, with the mindfulness of the breathing, we can also expand out our field of attention to include the awareness of bodily life and in that the uh, contact with the physical experience which is occurring. And one way of working in that way is to turn the attention from the breath to the body and just experience the physical regions and life of the body and as I mentioned uh, yesterday uh, to be in touch with the body in the body that means the body of vibrations, of sensation the body of various uh, experiences, pleasant, unpleasant and in between that is, is taking place and in that too, in being aware of the body care and attention to the posture care and attention to the whole sense of bodily life, the connection with that and the vibrations, the occurrences which are occurring. And as I said, at times condition of body is unsatisfactory, at times we wish the sensations of the body to feel and be different from what they are, and once again that contact that direct connection just as it is just the way that it is. If there's experiencing of some pain in the bodily life then we can turn our attention directly to that area where the pain is. Moving the attention in and through that location, seeing where it's strong and weak the edges of it, the center of it and at times when it's useful to use the exhalation breathing out, relaxing on the outgoing breath and relaxing right into the pain and again we can learn and discover much about ourselves through the way that we relate to pain, to physical discomfort sometimes when we are sitting we may be feeling reasonably relaxed and settled with the whole body right from their head through to the toes sense of being present to the living present and just to be aware when the perception, the thought, the viewpoint arises of possessiveness around the body. Being intimately related, connected with the body of course but in a non-clinging and a non-possessive way and that possessiveness can show itself with the thought arising of my body it's making a possession of the body, or the identification with the body, such as I am sitting here, and just to notice the appearance of I and my, not regarding them as the absolute truth, but seeing them just as a way of interpretation, a way of looking at, a way of relating to, but not making it some ultimate truth, out of the perceptions of I am sitting here or the perceptions of my body, my back, my knee. So that our connection and our experience is uh, intimately uh, connected and direct yet we're not wallowing in the I and the my. If in the expansion of the field of attention Uh, to bodily life, whether the whole body or parts of the body, one feels to be getting rather lost or distracted in some way or other, then to resume and renew the connection with the breathing. And allowing the breathing to be an anchor point and letting it be very well clear with ourselves that remembering to breathe is an important Uh, resource for us in many situations particularly in pressure in anxiety in confusion in speediness or whatever in in impatience just to stop sometimes for a moment or two and to consciously remember to breathe in the face of unsatisfactory circumstances in that very moment can contribute to clearing away much in consciousness, so that we're quite clear in the face of circumstances, simply through the action of remembering to breathe. And in work life, in home life, in travel life, in commuter life, in financial life, in any other life which matters to us. Whether for the welfare of ourselves or considerations for others, making opportunity to remember to breathe really can be a, a saving grace in the face of the difficult. So, if we have uh, some sitting, 15 minutes or so, and then just like to uh, speak a little bit about the. Um, Globally, act globally, act locally, act globally too, for that matter. And uh, some uh, suggestions I would like to put out, but let's have a little silent period at first.